Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy that you are tuning in today. If this is your first time listening, I want to extend a very special welcome to you. You have stumbled onto my favorite thing. I know I'm biased, (laughs) as the host I can be. But I'm really happy that you're here, and I think you are going to really enjoy today's episode, as well as the amazing archive of guests that we have on iTunes and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Well, today's guest, Pamela Munson, is one I have been so eager to share with you all. Pam blew me away. I have loved her brand, was originally introduced to it by a listener, and have since fallen in love with every piece. And I know that so many of my listeners are huge fans, so you all are going to love this conversation with Pam. It was also fun to see her recent collaboration with Julia Amory, who we welcomed onto the show for episode 38. So, so many fun different connections and amazing things coming out of the podcast. I'm thrilled about it all. I wanted to share a really quick thank you to those of you who have been leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. We are five away from 100. I'm thrilled. And our most recent review said, wonderful. I love Emily's podcast and I am so inspired by the interviews, stories she tells. Thank you so much, Natalie, for taking the time to leave us that wonderful five-star review. You too can do the same over on iTunes if you have a moment, or perhaps even while you're listening today, go ahead and leave us that five-star review. It's a great way for people to connect with us as well as find the podcast. And lastly, you guys, thank you so much for those of you who've reached out to ask how you can continue to support the podcast. We are continuing to figure this out, but it's in the best way possible. For now, you guys can head over to Linktree at Emily Landers on Instagram or at How'd She Do That Podcast. And you can see we have a really fun option there to support HSDT and all that we have going on. Well, you guys, let's get to it. I had such an incredible time recording with Pam and found her to be so peaceful, confident, intriguing. She's dynamic. I have no doubt that you will agree when you hear our conversation and her story. Well, without further ado, here is Pamela Munson on How'd She Do That? Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Pamela Munson, is the founder of her namesake brand, Pamela Munson, a hand-woven straw bag and accessory line based in New York City. After spending a great deal of her childhood cruising around Florida, the Bahamas, and Long Island's East End with her family, Pamela attended NYU. She later entered the fashion industry and earned jobs with Chanel, Oscar de la Renta, and Bergdorf Goodman, learning to hone her business acumen and passion for creating straw handbags and accessories. Inspired by her travels, family, studies, and work, Pamela went solo launching her own line of classic style straw accessories in 2017. Each bag, hat, and accessory is hand-woven with hours of work going into each one-of-a-kind product. 
Now, four years later, Pamela Munson Designs have been carried at fine retailers, including Bergdorf Goodman, Neiman Marcus, and Nordstrom. In the fall of 2020, the company made the impressive switch from wholesale to more of a direct-to-consumer model. The straw styles have even received praise from Vogue, Town & Country, Oprah Magazine, and Forbes, among others. When Pam isn't collecting feedback from customers or designing and launching new collections, she is likely spending time with her family, which includes her son and two daughters. Pam, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, Emily. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I have been so looking forward to this conversation with you for many, many reasons, but I was (laughs) taking a look at Instagram today and I love what you all do with the basket weave. You highlight so many incredible women and entrepreneurs, and I saw just an amazing list of previous guests that we've welcomed onto the podcast. And so to have you join us in the lineup is such a treat for me today. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Um, I have to tell you, a colleague of mine recommended that I listen to your podcast and I was a complete podcast novice. Yours was actually the first one I listened to um, and totally fell in love with you and the amazing women you feature. and and has since turned me on to podcasts in general. But no, the Basket Weave has been a really fun initiative. We started it um, in the fall of last year, and it, it's been fun for me to connect with so many women, um, mm. largely in in fashion um, and design, um, oh. and hear about everyone's sort of story and path uh, oh. forward and, and how they paved their way. So um, yes, I I do uh, admire many of the women that you featured and there are a lot of um, great connects there. Oh, so sweet. Well, thank you so much for the compliments and just a little insight. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is your first, this is your debut podcast. Is that right? It is. It Ah. is my debut podcast. (laughs) You are correct. Um, So I I hope I'm as interesting as some of your other guests, (laughs) but yes, this is my first one. So I'm I'm super excited. And Uh. my family is banned from our house uh, for the next hour. So nobody is allowed to come back in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, they're so sweet and, and hopefully they'll listen. And you guys be proud of mom. She's amazing. <laughs> and and two, for those of you listening, this is fantastic. So Pam, I really appreciate that HSDT gets to be your first. I'm sure there's many more to come, but I would love to dive in. I want to hear more about you. I, sure. I know I shared a little bit about your upbringing and, and there's some inspiration there, I think that ties in with, with what you do now, but perhaps you Mm -hmm. share, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, maybe where you're from as well. Sure. So I am a New Yorker. I'm from New York originally, and I spent a lot of time in Florida and the Bahamas with my grandparents. So mm-hmm. many of you who follow our Instagram account, Pamela Munson Official, um, will see a lot of vintage photos of my grandparents in the 50s and 60s, um, which is one of my favorite time periods um, <laughs> as far as style. But they were um, a great inspiration for me personally. And then, of course, for the brand, um, they were very passionate people. They had very distinct interests. Mm. You could say they were hobbyists um, (laughs) and really pursued their passions to the fullest. So from a a very young age, I saw that and and was really enamored um, by them. They were also a a really glamorous couple. Um, My grandmother always wore an orchid in her hair when they went out to dinner and um, a really beautiful floral dress and would always carry a straw bag. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was really sort of enchanted by that 
lifestyle and, and sort of mm. style from a young age. Um, they raised orchids in their backyard mm. in Florida and there were multiple greenhouses and they kept fastidious notes about oh. each plant and when it was fed and it just, oh. I could go on and on. Um, they loved fishing and tennis. And, and so we, my family and I, um, were sort of wrapped up in their world whenever we would visit and stay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived on a street, an island called Isla Bahia. Mm-hmm. So um, I was able to incorporate that really special place, which I think many um, you know, of us have very fond memories of, of time with grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, it was not only time with grandparents, but really special tropical travel memories. Oh. Um, and our signature tote, the the totes that we launched the collection with are Isla Bahia. So it's incredible for me how this special childhood memory has been woven into the brand and, and carries on and has really taken on um, much new meaning for me. Oh, well, in such a beautiful way too. I mean, right off the bat, the different themes that you're highlighting, when I think of you and the brand, I think of those themes of of travel, of bespoke pieces, of elegance and creativity. So right off the bat, to know that that's tied in is so much fun. Well, tell us a little bit about kind of stepping into that season of life where you're looking to head to college and you're thinking yes. about where you might go. What did that Mm -hmm. look like for you to land on where you (laughs) went? And perhaps what did you major in? Absolutely. Um, I remember that season of life quite vividly. (laughs) I think I built up, um, I was a very, um, very good student, very hard worker um, all throughout high school and had really had my heart set on going to Princeton. That's where my grandfather had gone. I really admired him and and really saw myself going there. Um, And then I was waitlisted and was waitlisted all summer. And then it was finally in August, I found out that I did not get off the waitlist, which I I will say was probably the first true or or probably one of the biggest letdowns for me um, Mm. of my young life. Looking back on it, I was devastated. I mean, absolutely heartbroken. I think Mm. I had built it up maybe um, or, or put too much focus on, you know, where I should go and Mm. and what that would mean thereafter, but was was truly probably the first major heartbreak for me. And then I sort of had to scramble. It was, I mean, I would be leaving for college in a few weeks and um, went to, decided to go to NYU, which was on my list of schools. It wasn't near the top of my list, but it was the school um, I decided to go to. And in retrospect, ended up truly being the perfect place for me. NYU, it was a very unconventional college experience. (laughs) There's not a defined campus. It's really one with downtown Manhattan, um, which I loved. And I I loved going to school in New York and that the proximity to the fashion industry and and having such incredible access um, to different internships and jobs. So um, it's interesting because I I was not thrilled on going there, but I had the best college experience. Um, And it really, NYU really set me up for um, my career in in the fashion industry. So I, I, while I was there over the course of four years, I took advantage of all, um, you know, being in New York, I interned at Chanel, I interned at Glamour Magazine. um, I had an internship with PR. So really had a a variety of experiences that helped informed what I wanted to do after school. I was an English major. I know you asked about that. Um, <laughs> I think everyone's surprised to hear 
I was an English major. Um, <laughs> I've always loved writing and reading. And so that was what I focused on. And then I was a journalism minor. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that because I find it so interesting. We have so many listeners who are either in college. We even have folks who are mm-hmm. stepping into that season of life of like, mm-hmm. okay, where is it that I should go? What is it that I should do? So I love that you would share just the encouragement of, you know what, that first choice option might not actually be the best fit unbeknownst to you. Absolutely. I, I'm a, a firm believer that you end up exactly where you're meant to be. Oh. Um, and I, I realized that soon after I arrived at NYU, oh. everything just clicked. Um, oh. And it, it was a, a wonderful experience for me. And, and, and absolutely, I think there's often too much emphasis placed on you know, where you should go. And, and right. you know, truthfully, until you're some, until you are at, in college or mm-hmm. graduate school, you you probably don't know what the right. best thing is for you. So, um, cause you've never experienced it, but yes, no. So I, I, it, it turned out in the end to be a wonderful fit. Oh, well, it's so fun to hear. And again, for those of you who follow Pam and you know what she's up to now, well, where else would we have had her go besides NYU so that she could begin the process of really honing your craft, both in fashion as well as business? Perhaps tell us a little bit. I know you mentioned quite a few different internships, but tell us yes. what was post-grad uh, life mm-hmm. like for you? What was that first role out of school? Sure. So, um, and I, I can't say this enough, have as many internships, jobs as you can mm. and, and sort of diversify yourself because I, I think until you do something, you never truly know what you'll love. Mm. Um, I originally thought I wanted to be a magazine editor. And then oh. after working at Glamour Magazine, and I was in the Condé Nast building, which at the time was in Times Square, and oh. worked at Glamour under two different editors. And wow. Donald Robertson was the creative director, who everyone knows now as Droberson. It was a, <laughs> such a, a cool time to be there. Um, but I realized soon after that, no, this probably isn't what I want to do. Hmm. Um, and then I had interned at Chanel in their wholesale division um, and thought, you know what, this is more business focused. Um, it's very analytical, yet you're focused on a product. So I could use sort of more of my artistic sense. That to me was um, the direction I wanted to, to head in. And so to get back to your question, Emily, my first job out of school was in the Saks Fifth Avenue executive training program, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a training program for, for buyers to become a buyer. So um, for me and, and for anyone, many companies have training programs. It's such an amazing transition from college to work life because mm. I started, it was me and, and probably 20 other people, and we were in this group together and we were essentially taking coursework on how to be a buyer. So there was a retail, a class for retail math, a class for marketing. Wow. Um, and we had different rotations within the organization that really prepared us for our first role as an assistant buyer. So it was an incredible experience for me. Many of the people that I that were in my training program are still really good friends today. There was such a great bonding experience um, <laughs> of being in that program together. And it was a very rigorous interview um, process. I mean, we met with people at all different organizational levels. Mark Metric, fun fact, who is now the CEO of Zaxx, <laughs> was one of the people I had interviewed with. So oh. it's always great to, um, you know, I, I think that's something else. I mean, you can always make really great connections with people mm. um, in interviews or, you know, throughout an interview process. You never know where they'll sort of pop up um, later in life or later in your career. 
but no, Saks is where I started and it was a fabulous foundation. Um, I learned a lot and was a really great first job. Well, it's so, I, I'm, I'm putting these pieces together. It's so amazing mm-hmm. to think of you being an English major, but then for you to step into this role at Saks. And I love what you shared a moment ago of you really don't know until you have the experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. For you, you're, you're looking at it like, okay, uh, you know, you perhaps you're an English major and you're thinking, I want to go to magazines, which by the way, I'm sure you would have been a fabulous magazine editor, but oh, you're looking you. <laughs> you're looking at the the products and whatnot and you're thinking, and even the business side of thing, you're thinking, okay, this, this is kind of piquing my interest a little bit more. So just again, there, there's so many encouragements throughout this conversation already, but I love too just the example of even your major, you guys, even if you're stepping into a major, perhaps you've graduated and you think you're tied to something, experience as Pam's story is showing is key and being able to step into those different experiences and see what it is that you love, what speaks to you. Well, tell us what did that what did that kind of course put you towards? What what was the the end uh, role that you had out of that, and and perhaps even what did a day in the life look like during that role? Sure. So the end game or the the role ultimately upon finishing right. the program was an assistant buyer, mm. um, and it was really interesting because you know, within Saks Fifth Avenue or any department store, there's different divisions. So, you know, women's shoes and within women's shoes, there's contemporary shoes, there's designer <laughs> shoes, ready to wear, men's, children's. Um, and, you know, I, I think everyone wanted to be in like women's ready to wear or, you know, designer, <laughs> uh, super um, luxury is, is where everyone had wanted to go. And I was actually placed in Saks's e-commerce team, which at the time, oh. it was sort of like the black sheep of the company. I mean, this <laughs> 2004, this is before, um, you know, e-commerce was as meaningful a part of everyone's business, right? Um, you know, as it was. So it's so funny. I, I wasn't thrilled with the placement. I, I think I wanted <laughs> to be in women's designer ready to wear, and I was in accessories in oh. Saks.com, which oh. really operated like a sem- separate entity within the Saks organization. But I have to tell you, what I learned while I was there was invaluable. Wow. I mean, for every other job thereafter, and then especially for having my own business, we have an e-commerce site, and that's right. the bulk of our business. And it, and it was a really exciting time of growth. I mean, the, the e-commerce business was booming and, and sort of we would buy certain numbers and, you know, be somewhat conservative and just blow out of something in a day, whereas oh. this supply was supposed to, to last three months. Um, oh. So it, it was an exciting time to be there. Um, and I was at Saks as an assistant buyer in their direct business and then moved to Barney's. Um, That was my next role. So I really, I started my career in in Barney's, um, in buying rather at Saks and then Barney's. And then I shifted to wholesale. I moved to Chanel where I was really excited to focus on one product and one vision. And I was essentially selling to department store buyers. So when I was at Chanel, my, my clients were Saks Fifth Avenue and Nordstrom and even Marcus. Um, and working at oh. Chanel, I mean, for me, was was really career-changing and game-changing in many ways. I mean, not only what I learned, the people I met, the people I learned from, but I, I think the doors and the opportunities it, it opened up thereafter. Oh, 
Well, it's so fun, Pam. It's so fun to think of you running around the city and all of these different roles. I'm thinking, no, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Are you, and I'm, because I was about to say, I, I think of you running around all the different department stores, et cetera. But is, was that the case or were you, you were upstairs at a, in an office kind of, they, they're, offices are on top of most of these places. Am I wrong? Exactly. No, Emily, okay. that's so true. It's so funny. I think my parents and most of my family always thought I worked in a store, <laughs> right. even though like for years I was like, no, I'm in a buying office where it's a corporate <laughs> office. I sit in a cubicle or in an office and um, you know, I'm on a computer most of the day. Um, when I was at Saks, we would, a big part of the job would be going over, um, our offices were across the street to the, from the flagship on Fifth ah, Avenue. Okay. So absolutely, um, you know, walking the floor and, and seeing the product in person, um, going to morning trainings with the associate. I mean, that was a very important part of the job. Um, but, you know, both on the buying side and, you know, then at Chanel and Wholesale, you are mostly in an office. One of the aspects of my job at Chanel, I did a lot of traveling. So, um, mm we would have our market. So market is when you are presenting a new collection and you're selling the collection to your clients. So the Chanel team and all of our stores, all of our clients, Neiman Marcus, Bergdorf Goodman, everyone would come to Paris five to six times a year. Um, And we would go over, we would price the collection. We would learn the collection. So there's always... um, you know, an inspiration behind a collection, the product knowledge, what are the materials, what are the colors, and and really study the collection and then turn around and, and sell it to our clients. Um, so that was, I mean, going to Paris oh. several times a year was a big part of what I did. And then I also did a lot of domestic travel. And, and this was one of the aspects of my job that I loved. And I, I feel like for anyone interested in a role in fashion, it's so important mm. to spend time in a store, in mm. an environment where you're interfacing with clients. So I did a lot of travel. I would go to different so when I was managing the Saks account, I would go to different Saks Fifth Avenues across the country and do a morning training with all of the store oh, associates wow. and introduce the new collection and, and give them selling tips and tools um, for them to then sell to their clients. Um, and then we would host different trunk shows or special events. Um, so I was very much involved in that. And that was a really, I mean, for me, I was in my early to mid 20s. It was fun. I got to see so much of the country and and really got to learn a lot of the different key uh, markets, which is great. I mean, I think there's one thing looking at the stuff on paper, but to Mm. be, you know, in Beachwood, Ohio at the local Saks and and seeing who the customer is versus, um, you know, the woman in Scottsdale or LA or, um, you know, Palm Beach, there's definitely nuances to each market and, and what product she gravitates towards. Wow. Well, yeah, it was like a crash course in prep for Pamela Munson. I mean, this is amazing to think about, to think of you doing that. Now, you mentioned this because you mentioned that kind of early stage of early 20s, et cetera. And I want to backtrack because I I think my listeners probably thinking the same thing I am. Five to six times you needed to go to Paris? How how wonderful is this? (laughs) It's so wonderful. And as I have not gotten on a plane in about two years, I would kill to go to Paris. At the time, I will say, I mean, it was a lot of travel. It was the international travel plus the domestic travel. It was sort of like, ah, another, and I know I sound 
insane saying this, but no. another trip to Paris. But yes. it was just it was a work trip. I mean, ultimately, you know, I think many aspects of of fashion seem very glamorous, but right. um, they're really not. It's right. a lot of you know. We would take a red eye. We would land to Paris. We would land in the morning and and typically go straight to the office, not oh. having slept and price the collection be up oh. until 1 or 2 a.m. I mean, it was a lot of hard work. So yeah. um, it, it wasn't – and you're jet lagged and you're in a hotel room. So it, it's not um, – it, it wasn't always uh, as glowing as it, it seemed, <laughs> although there were um, – so when we would go for the runway show, which was twice a year in October and then in March, we would stay an extra few days oh. um, because we would be there for the show. And if we were inviting any VIP or special clients – um, so it was during those trips when we often had a day or two to ourselves, which were really fun, um, you know, to explore Paris or go shopping and, um, you know, not solely be be there for work and, and really appreciate and, and take in the city. Oh, well, I think, uh, you know, what I'm thinking is we need a how'd she do that Pamela Munson Paris trip. We need the, all the inside scoop. That's what I'm thinking. How'd she do that? How'd she, where'd she eat? Where did she eat? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, my goodness, I'm, I'm probably dating myself with some of my recommendations, but we no. did, I mean, we traveled very well and, oh. and stayed at amazing places and went to fabulous oh. restaurants. But well, it's so, I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so, so, yeah, that's my follow-up. Now, <laughs> but tell me this because I, I think too, it's so fun to hear the connects because I know, and I mentioned you have a, a darling family at this point, pre- present day season of life. Thank you. What, yes. What, what was happening in your personal life at this time? Because I know eventually there's even another shift to an amazing, incredible house, a uh, fashion house, but what was happening mm. during this season of life? So when I was working at Chanel, I was dating my mm-hmm. now husband. Oh. Um, so I had met Adam actually when I had worked at Barney's. Oh, wow. And we were dating um, for many years. We got married in 2008. Okay. And he had come with me to Paris, although he still says he never got to go to a show. So that's <laughs> something hopefully someday I can make up to him um, if we um, ever can go to a Chanel show. But yeah. I was dating my husband at the time. Okay. Um, and then – had shifted. So I was at Chanel for several years in their accessories division. Then I managed their eyewear business, which is a licensed category. I worked really closely with the Italian brand Luxottica. They produced all of Chanel eyewear and and many Mm. eyewear that we all know and love. (laughs) Um, And then moved on to Oscar de la Renta. That was my my last role. Um, I'm fast forwarding a bit, but that was my last job prior to starting Pamela Munson, which was truthfully my, my dream job. Um, I was, I had the opportunity of working with Oscar before he, um, passed away. So I was there for, um, time with him, um, who, I mean, truly one of the greatest designers, um, you know, of our, of our time. So that was really a, a brand I had always loved. And, their headquarters. It's an it's a family owned business. I don't know how many people know this. It's a, a small family owned business based in New York. So it was really exciting for me, having worked at Chanel for many years, where Paris is the headquarters. Paris are the decision makers in New York. We were really the executors. Oh wow! You know, to be at Oscar, and you know, I could come up with an idea and and put it into motion. So it it was also a great role for me to be there and to work with so many different divisions within the corporation. I mean, the studio finance production, it was my first exposure um, really to production. How are the goods made? 
and really sort of a perfect segue to doing my own thing because at, at Chanel, at very corporate, you sort of stay in your own box. Right. Um, uh, and, and whereas at Oscar, you could really get your hands dirty and, um, you know, work with, with other teams more closely and, and sort of if you had an idea, run with it, which was in, incredibly gratifying. Oh, well, it, it is. It's amazing to think of the different places you were at before starting Pamela Munson. Tell us about that because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you were at Oscar de la Renta for like maybe four years, right? And then yes. motherhood kind of called or or that was a part of the decision. Tell us about that thought process in, wow, I, I think there might be something more that, that I can do and it might not include Oscar. Okay. Yeah. So when I was at Oscar, um, I started there as a sales manager. And then when I was seven months pregnant with my oh. first daughter, Beatrix, oh. I was promoted to run the department, um, which was like my dream job. I was overseeing their ready-to-wear division in the U.S. Oh. Um, there was a team of six people who previously had been my peers. Um, and it, it was a huge thing. And I, I was so excited, but also so overwhelmed. I mean, leading up to giving birth, you're just, you know, typically starting to wind down with your job and right. sort of get things ready for maternity leave. And and I really had to sort of change gears um, and go from zero to 100 and, and really um, – you know, try to prove myself with this new opportunity in the few months prior uh, to giving birth and, oh my gosh. and um, oh. you know, going on maternity leave. So it, it did really change me. I mean, it, it was overwhelming. I think motherhood changes you in, in ways that you can't anticipate. It, it affects everyone differently. Yeah. Um, you know, fashion, I, I think is, fashion is a bit antiquated in that it, mm. it's, you really have to be in the office physically. Right. Um, you know, there's not really an abstract way of working or working from home. Um, so you, you really, you know, have to be there. And I think it's, you know, eight to eight or nine to seven, you know, quite long hours when you have a young child. So um, I was off for about two months and then I, I went back early from maternity leave because I had to be there for market and the new collection. And if oh. you miss um, a collection in fashion, you sort of miss the next six months. So oh. it was really critical. I went back in December right around Christmas and it was hard. And, and I mean, the first year was a challenge. I think juggling, you know, spending as much time with my daughter as I could and working a lot and, and traveling. And then when B turned one, um, it was really sort of a turning point for me. I, I was in market. It was fashion week in New York and craziness. And it was her first birthday and I hardly spent any time with her. Oh. And it, it was a, a huge moment for me. It really um, changed my professional course and made mm. me think, you know what, something has to change. This isn't how I envisioned uh, motherhood to be. And, wow. um, you know, time is precious. I think they're, they're young for um, – you know, just a few years and then they're off to school. Um, mm. But in any case, it was really at, at that moment that made me sort of reevaluate um, my professional choices. And, um, you know, I thought I need to take a step back and really figure out um, what it is I want to do because I, I theoretically had my dream job. I spent, you know, the majority of my time either at work or thinking about work or preparing for work. Right. Um, yet I wasn't fulfilled. Wow. Um, I wasn't fulfilled. Um, and so I had reached out to my boss 
Alex and I had asked him if I could uh, take a step back and, and, you know, I said I would still love to be involved with the company, but maybe in a more of a part-time way. Um, and they created a special consultant role for me, which was incredible because it allowed me to still k- stay connected to Oscar. And I worked, I want to say two or three days a week. And then I was home the other days with Beatrix. So it was oh. really the best of both worlds at that point. And, and for me, it was so refreshing having worked full-time for her first year um, to get that time with her. Um, and to go to dance class with her, to go to tumbling, oh. and, and to do those things that I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to do. So um, I really loved it. And I, I also think it was during uh, that time with her when we were coloring and, and, and being creative that my creative juices started flowing. And oh. I started thinking about doing my own thing, which is something that I had thought about for years. Um, There was just never the right opportunity to pursue it. Um, You know, my career, I was on a a pretty straight trajectory and, you know, just taking a step away from that or off of that, there's a lot to lose. Um, But I think when you become a mother and there's children at stake, it it, it was, it's sort of like, okay, it's now or never, I have Mm. to do this. Um, Mm. Well, it's so sweet because I have so many listeners again. I mean, I've mentioned, you know, college students, recent grads, but we have women pivoting in their career. We have mothers Mm -hmm. who are looking to step away or to get creative. And so this moment in your story, I know, is, is touching a lot of people as you're listening. But I love that encouragement. And even to me, who's not a mother yet, but to think of you stepping into that role and then being able to weigh the options and think, okay, what do I want? this to look like? What do I want my career to look like? And you guys, I'm so excited because we've got to hear about the start, but now we know, wow, you were able to step into something absolutely amazing. And as you mentioned, it kind of got started or or was resurrected, I should say, because it was something you would hope to do during this season of being creative with your daughter and having a little bit more time, I'm sure, to look up and look out and not just down at work. So tell us, tell us about this early season of Pamela Munson and thinking about, okay, designs. Tell us maybe about that first season where you thought, okay, I'm onto something and I'm going to move forward with it. What did that even look like to begin? Sure. So I had sketches and a oh, concept wow. for the brand and an and probably for several years prior to launching this. Oh wow. Um, I launched the business in 2017 and was in development for the year prior 2016. Oh. Um, so I had sketches, I had an idea. I mean uh, a lot of the designs. I mean, I, I really thought there was an opportunity for more refine, refined, elegant mm. um, resort wear. I, I, I think, um, you know, a lot of when I was at Chanel, I mean, a lot of the straw bags we did, they would always sell out. There was oh. beautiful straw and rattan bags, Hermes, Chanel, Ferragamo at the super high end. And then, um, you know, more of the accessible bags were either too artisanal or, or mm. overly branded. Um, so I, I felt like there was an opportunity for something that was accessibly priced, timeless and classic in its aesthetic mm. um, and very feminine. I mean, uh, my time at Chanel and Oscar has certainly influenced a lot of um, the designs with the pearls and grain ribbon. Um, oh. So, you know, that sort of exposure is, is woven through the brand. But, um, you know, I'm not a designer by trade. I I right. didn't go to design school. And so while I had sketches, I knew factory might not be able to interpret the design. So um, on LinkedIn, I, I looked up designer straw handbags. And oh. the first person that popped up 
Um, I met him for a coffee um, and we had this epic like three-hour coffee, (laughs) totally connected. Um, And it was really at that moment I got home and I told my husband about meeting him and, you know, I was like, I I think he really gets what I'm trying to do and understands the aesthetic. And and he had a great pedigree. He had worked at Tory Burch for many years and a trademark. Um, And so I thought, you know what, let's, I want to start sampling. This is it. Um, And so we started uh, sampling the collection and, um, you know, I I think it's incredibly challenging to get factories to work with you when you are unknown and there's no business and you're not a socialite or a celebrity or right. influencer that has this built-in following. So, I mean, looking back on it, it was, I mean, he had connections through his past experience. Um, and I think my work experience, being able to say I worked at Oscar, I worked at Chanel, um, right. we were able to sort of romance people in, into, <laughs> uh, into working with us. But um, we sampled for a year and then I, I launched the collection in 2017 Right around the time I had my second daughter, Agatha, and um, originally it was just going to be e-commerce. Um, I really wanted to make sure that there was an appetite for what I was doing and that it would mm. resonate. Um, and then within a few weeks of, of launching uh, the website, the head of ShopBop sent me a, a personal email on Facebook. Somehow we had a, a connection and I was oh. actually in the hospital, like literally oh. just having given birth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's oh. saying, you know, the collection looks great. Please send us line sheets. And I'm thinking, okay, oh. um, I don't have line sheets. I didn't price <laughs> the collection thinking I would be doing wholesale. Um, you know, should we be launching with ShopBop? Is this the right partner? Like all of these wow. things were going through my mind. Um, and so a few weeks later, I got back to her. She connected me with their buyer and I had put together a line sheet and they bought the collection from paper and oh. their initial order covered my initial inventory investment. So, um, it, you know, we went forward and, and, you know, this is certainly a long game. I mean, now we're in our fourth year. I finally feel like we're getting someplace. But there were a lot of those bright spots um, and moments of success along the way mm. that pushed us forward. But it was a very organic start. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I think there's twists and turns to every business. But that that is our our that, those were our beginnings, and then we had our first market because you know I think for any young brand selling to a retailer validates you in some sense, it gives mm. you credibility. Right, um, and so we we opened up our first wholesale market, and we were picked up by Bergdorf Goodman and Neiman Marcus and a, a bunch of other incredible um, specialty stores in our our first season. So oh. we did wholesale, um, and then. You know, I, I I do believe, you know, while as great of a start as that was, and um, I'm very grateful to all of our partners mm-hmm. for supporting us in the beginning, I, I do believe that the future is really direct to consumer and having a more direct connected mm. connection to your client and being able to speak to her directly and authentically, um, you know, from our point of view, not another store's uh, point of view. Oh, um, wow. So we made the decision to sort of change course um, in the fall of last year. And we are now more of a direct-to-consumer brand mm-hmm. um, in that we are largely exclusively sold on PamelaMunson.com, um, which was has really been an incredible mood for us. Wow. Um, we were able to reduce our prices about 25 to 30% by eliminating that wholesale markup. Wow. Um, 
so it, it's it's been a great shift. We're we're much more focused now on product as we should be. <laughs> uh, we have the time to sort of breathe and dream and and. Um, you know, figure out how to sort of surprise and, and delight her. We've done a number of product collaborations this year. We have many more um, sort of on on track for next year. We're, we're all planned almost all the way through 2022. Oh um, my gosh. But no, it, it's it's really been a great shift. I think social media is, is so much more I mean, it, it, it's incredibly meaningful, so much more now than it was even four years ago. Right. Um, and that's constantly changing and evolving with the algorithm and, and you know, what content people are engaging with <laughs> and, and, and all of this. Um, so that is that is sort of where we are now. Um, <sighs> it's been a great shift. I mean, I, I'm starting to show more of myself on our social channels, which yes. is not something I did before and wasn't really something I had the time to do before. Right. Um, you know, when we did wholesale, I mean, it, it, you know, working for our clients was the main uh, focus of our time. So it, it's been a great, fun, refreshing shift. I love connecting with people. I love getting feedback. I think if, you know, if I do a selfie of me with maybe a new sample, yes. you know, it's always an interesting gauge how many people respond or what do they say. So oh. um, we have our resort collection is all about gingham. That'll be coming out in September. Oh. And we've gotten so many questions. When is it coming out? When is it launching? <laughs> so um, it's a really great barometer, uh, social media, and, and just a really fun way to connect. Oh, well, and it's so cool. I think it's really interesting. And for those of you who are listening, I mean, this is really fun because this is, a, I mean, a fairly short time frame that we're talking about. I mean, for, um, yes. I think it was like a May 2017 launch. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then for us to be chatting in 2021, I just think it's incredible that you, your team, and this is props to, to team members who are listening, team members of, of Pamela Munson, but for you guys to almost make what I would guess was a fairly brave decision to take it from wholesale to the direct to consumer model. But I think you've done it so well. And I think it's very innovative of you all to move forward in that way, because I couldn't agree more. People want to know, Pam, people want to know the founder. They want to hear your story. They want to feel connected to your pieces. And by the way, you guys, it doesn't take much to connect with Pam's pieces because mm. if you love beautiful things, well, you're going to feel very connected to them. But Oh, thank you, Emily. Well, well it's so true. But then to add the element of understanding where this inspiration comes from, even the extremely impressive thought that you are not a trained designer. Oh my gosh. But your eyes and your ability to communicate, I'm sure now you are continuing to sketch and whatnot, but for that to, to not be something that, I mean, it's extremely impressive. So uh, I was already a fan of all that you're doing at Pamela Munson, but, but there's so many different elements that I'm like, that is how I think brands and businesses are going to be able to to move forward is to not think about you know what what may have been in the past the most impressive option of being in any and every real retail store and now it's like well no it, that doesn't even matter what matters is that I can share what's coming that I can collaborate even what you just mentioned you have time to think creatively, to do these collaborations. I mean, my head's spinning with just like fun ideas. So I know my listeners are too, for those of you who are listening and you have a brand or an idea, take the next step. Think of what Pam and her team have done 
the word just comes that keeps coming to mind is innovative to, to think, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. To, to think, you know, where are we headed? And that is refreshing to me as a consumer, as a customer, as a fan. I mean, it's so cool to think about all that you've done in the short amount of time and all that's to come. Well, I would love to ask, and and I always preface that this is a fairly loaded question, but I know listeners would love to to hear your thoughts on this. I'd love to know what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned throughout your many different endeavors? Oh my goodness. That is a great question. (laughs) That is a loaded question. Um, Many lessons uh, have certainly been learned along the way. I mean, something that comes to mind right now is that good things take time. You know, this was not an overnight success. I don't know many businesses that are. Mm. Um, There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of ups and downs. Um, there's been a lot of rejection along the way or, mm. or sort of setbacks, but I, I think having the ability to pick yourself up and keep going, I'm someone who, you know, if someone tells me no, or if something doesn't work out, it makes me work harder. Mm. Um, so that, or, you know, sort of also evaluate and understand why that didn't go right and how can we correct it so that mm. we can get it right the next time. Um, you know, whether that's a, a style we launched that maybe didn't resonate or, um, you know, a factory that we worked with and the relationship isn't going so well. Um, so uh, yes, I mean, good things take time. I mean, we're in our fourth year now and I, I finally feel like we're sort of getting somewhere. <laughs> um, so it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm starting to pay myself yeah. more more than a modest salary, which yeah. is huge. It's, it's Amazing. huge. I mean, everything was really reinvested. You know, I mean, so much of um, what we did was reinvested uh, to keep going and, and growing, but um, it's amazing. No, I, I think good things do take time. So you really have to be patient and, um, you know, stay focused on what you're doing and you believe in mm. um, and, and trust your instincts. I, I, I think you know yourself best. You know your business best. Um, you'll get a lot of feedback and, you know, um, words of wisdom when you're starting something. And mm. most of these people know nothing about what you're doing or <laughs> know the industry or the business. So, um you know, listen, but I, I, I think also trust your instincts. So many people told me, oh, how could you start a straw handbag business? It's such a short <laughs> season. You only wear straw in summer. Uh, we have some of our strongest months uh, during winter months. People go away. I mean, every right. travel is such an important, um, you know, I mean, it, it's such a sentimental, romantic, beautiful thing. And you have lovely memories with the bags that um, come with you. So yes. um, trust your instincts. Oh. I'm, you just brought a bag to mind as you said that. I thought, oh, what about that bag that I took to to on a trip? It, it's amazing. It really is amazing how much of your brand ties in with. And it, it's not just those special occasions. I mean, they're they're everyday beautiful pieces, and it's just yeah. I I, I feel so um, kind of selfish. I know we have hundreds actually of listeners uh, tuning in right now, but so many mm. of these conversations they just hit me smack in the in between the eyes I love my I, I love taking notes and I just wrote down good things take time what a great yes. encouragement for for myself as, as a podcast host who's looking to grow for my listeners who have a venture ahead that they'd like to to start and begin will you guys take that note as I have done good things take time well Pam I'd love to know too what are you learning now? 
I am constantly learning <laughs> new thing. Every day is a new adventure. Um, I mean, managing a global supply chain oh is something that I, I really never had done professionally. And, and production and logistics are a lot of what I do. And, hmm. and a lot of these elements are out of my control. Um, so that is something that we're, is, a, is a constant focus. Hmm. Um we are focused on launching a new product category. So right now we do handwoven handbags, raffia, rattan, corn husk are the main materials we work with, um, handwoven hats that are made at an atelier in Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking at doing, um, coming out with some jewelry for, for holiday. Oh. Um, I've always loved jewelry. I, I think there's such a special connection Um and I, I, I just love, I mean, I have a lot of my grandmother's jewelry and, and there's oh. such a, a sentimental aspect um, to that, that I, I think we have something really special to say. So that is something um, we're working on now. It's in very early stages. I'm hoping it can come out for Christmas, but oh. um, it might be early next year. So, um, you know, jewelry is a, a totally other different supply chain. Oh. Um, we're working with someone here in the U.S., which is really exciting to to, to make um the jewelry in America. Oh, oh, well, that is exciting. And you all, there's always something fun coming. And I'm going to give you guys a, a chance to connect with Pam here yes. shortly. But there's always something fun. There's always something exciting around the corner. Well, we're excited. We're going to stay tuned on all of the amazing collections and different launches that you have. And you mentioned there's one coming out in September, correct? Absolutely. There's something super special that we're working on. I love Liberty florals. I've loved them for years since I was a little girl. Um, And we designed a really beautiful feminine quilted ruffle Liberty crossbody bag, um, which is is so perfect for the change of seasons and back to school and and the crisper weather. So that'll be launching in early um, September. And it's one style. It's called the Claire. Um, she's beautiful. She's lightweight. So I think if you're, um, if you're a student, if you're a young mom, if you're a professional, I mean, whatever you're doing, I think you can find a place to wear her. Um, so yes, very excited about that. That is our new product launch. It's also a non-straw bag. So that's, um, a bit of a first for us. We're very excited. Oh, and I think that there may have been a sneak peek posted on Instagram. Yes, absolutely. Emily, you are correct. We we did a sneak peek (laughs) yesterday um, and it's gotten a lot of love. So we're we're very excited um, for her to make her debut in a a few weeks. Oh, so exciting. I already have my eyes on the Claire. It's darling. Very, very exciting. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, Pam, this has been amazing. I I would love to know there, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to? Wow. This is, you've been so thorough. I I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in many years. Yes. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, starting a business, it's, and maintaining a business as I'm sure many of the prior guests have said it's it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of sacrifice mm. um and it it does take it takes time and it's an ever evolving landscape mm. um you know social media is so much more of a thing now than it was 4 or 5 years ago when i started this i mean i'm not an influencer i'm not mm-hmm. a celebrity or socialite you know so i think to launch a product it's like you have to have an incredible product but mm. you also have a have to have the audience and to be able to get it proper exposure so right. you're sort of um you know focused on building your your social network and mm. and um you know we're we're focused above all on on 
creating beautiful things. Oh, well, and you're doing a fabulous job both in the realm of connecting with like-minded women. The collaborations you've done have been amazing. And it's been so, so much. Oh, well, and it's been so fun to see. And within that line, I, I always love to ask guests because it's such a cool way for me to connect with women and for my listeners to do the same. Mm-hmm. Who do you know that should maybe come on and share their how'd she do that story? Yes, absolutely. Um, two incredible women come to mind. Jen Soar of Pencil and Paper Company. Um, she's an incredible connector. I actually met her at, um, I was on a creative panel. She had a creative conference oh. um, and she's connected so many women. Um, she had a, a, a history and a, a, an incredible career in, in fashion and design. And now she has this consultancy um, Pencil and Paper Co. And then Taylor Turner, who is the founder of Hazen & Co., a jewelry line. Oh. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Taylor in person at Jen's conference in oh. November of 2019 um, and was so impressed by her, by her intelligence um, and the business that she's created. So I, I think she would be a really fun. And she's actually a new mother. She just had oh. baby girl. Oh. So she would be someone um, probably really fun to connect with. She started her jewelry line Um, I want to say this is like pre-college, so um, quite young. Oh my goodness. Well, my guests always give the best recommendations. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. And you all will have to be on the lookout for a potential episode with Taylor or Jen. Well, I have teased this a little bit and I know many of you have already, you know, gone and seen Pamela's uh, work and her beautiful designs as you've been listening. But Pamela, please tell us where can listeners connect with you? Absolutely. We are on Instagram, Pamela Munson Official. We're on Facebook. And then our website is PamelaMunson.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, I often answer emails. So um, we appreciate any and all feedback. Amazing. Well, this has been so much fun. And again, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been such a fun conversation, but I do. I encourage you, stay tuned for all that Pam has coming. There's so much more to come for Pamela Munson, and it's really fun to see. So Pam, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been so much fun. Really enjoyed chatting. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. Talk to you soon.